Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Happy Monday, Edwin. Happy Monday, Andrew. It's February 27th, the year of our Lord, 2023. Insane. Insane. That's crazy. February is blowing by. We are wrapping up this month. My understanding is it's not even leap year. So no, it's uh, not. I so mean, tomorrow's the last day it. of the month. Tomorrow yeah. is it. You know that means tax season's coming. Let's talk about Psalm seventy nine <laughs> today. Yeah, let's talk about happy things <laughs> like we read in Psalm seventy nine. This is the perfect segue <laughs> because there are two certainties. Two certainties. There is death. And taxes. And uh, you mentioned taxes, and so now let's read Psalm 79 for the rest. Amen. Oh, man. You reading, what are you reading from okay, today? Okay, I'm going to, of course, it's Monday. It's the first day of the week, and it's my turn, so we're going to read my Bible, which is the ESV. Yes, it is. The English. Edwin Standard no, Version. English Standard Oh, Version. English yeah, Standard yeah, Version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Okay, Psalm 79. Let's get serious here. A Psalm of Asaph. O God, the nations have come into your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the bodies of your servants to the birds of the heavens for food, the flesh of your faithful to the beasts of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there was no one to bury them. We have become a taunt to our neighbors, mocked and derided by those around us. How long, O Lord, will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your anger on the nations that do not know you and on the kingdoms that do not call upon your name, for they have devoured Jacob and laid waste his habitation. Do not remember against us our former iniquities. Let your compassion come speedily to meet us, for we are brought very low. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and atone for our sins, for your name's sake. Why should the nations say, Where is their God? Let the avenging of the outpoured blood of your servants be known among the nations before our eyes. Let the groans of the prisoners come before you according to your great power. Preserve those doomed to die. Return sevenfold into the lap of our neighbors the taunts with which they have taunted you, O Lord. But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. This is really a difficult psalm to read. Yeah. Uh, to put yourself in, in the in the shoes of the psalmist there as he is recounting this horrible destruction and defeat. Uh, of Jerusalem and of the temple, it would seem to fit historically after the fall of Jerusalem yes. and by the Babylonian armies, and so many of them led into captivity. Jerusalem is laid in ruins. The temple, of course, is destroyed. Uh, this is called a Psalm of Asaph, and so maybe the assumption would be that this is a psalmist of the school of Asaph, or yeah, a descendant of Asaph, descendant. Yeah. the family. Yeah. Uh, and, and we know that those... Uh, those priests and those roles actually were maintained even through that captivity because there was a restoration time that followed. But in that intermittent 70 years, mm-hmm. uh, there certainly was time for reflection and sorrow and even commemoration in Psalm of the defeat and the destruction of Jerusalem. 
one, one of the so things. So the, the, this is really embracing that mourning and that shame of, of the fall of, of the city. So one of the things that I think it's really neat to notice, I have made the case or, or just the declaration that it's almost like we have two cycles, at least, of Asaph Psalms. That 73 through 76, when you take them together, kind of present an overarching story. Mm-hmm. And I think starting in 77, we've got something similar. It's like we're telling the story again when we when we bring the Psalms together. Each Psalm, of course, has its own internal situation that it's dealing with, and we can read the psalm on its own, but they get placed together in these orders, and it gives us a bit of a story. We saw that from 73 to 76. Something very similar happens between 73 and 74, as happens now between 78 and 79. If you remember back in Psalm 73, Asaph, or the the descendant of Asaph, was struggling with faith and doubt. Uh-huh. But what yeah. was it that brought the, the author of that psalm what reoriented that when he, when he went to the sanctuary? Yes, I've gone to the sanctuary and that's made everything better. But then we moved into Psalm 74, and do you remember what we found in Psalm 74? Sanctuary is destroyed. Yeah, so in 73, the great thing is, the thing that's got us centered and reorients us is the sanctuary, but then we get to 74, and what is so disorienting is the sanctuary is gone. Yes. Well, remember in Psalm 78, we've got God, the shepherd, leading Israel back in 77, leading Israel through Moses and Aaron. And then in 78, we actually get up to David, David, and there's the temple on Mount Zion. And this is kind of the story of the history of God's people pieced together in these poems. God shepherding from Moses and Aaron to David, and there's the temple, and he's chosen Judah, and he's chosen David, and he's chosen Mount Zion. And then we move into Psalm 79, and what's happened on Mount Zion? It's all been wrecked. It's wrecked. Jerusalem is destroyed. It's desolate. The nations have come into the Mm -hmm. heritage of God. This thing that God has chosen, this thing that God has set up, has been knocked down. Mm -hmm. And so that's what's truly disorienting here in Psalm 79 as we read from Psalm to Psalm, is that, that what God chose in Psalm 78 seems to have been defeated Mm. and destroyed. And of course, the question is, how long? How long? How long are you going to do this? Yeah. I will point this out, and I know it's probably going to be surprising to anybody who's been listening for a few weeks. Man, when we hit Psalm 74, I was struggling. You may recall. Yeah. (laughs) I was struggling. I don't have that struggle with this psalm. Even though, you know, like one of the questions I could ask, well, why on earth is he saying how long? You know, Jeremiah told them how long. And so somebody might ask, well, Edwin, why don't you have this trouble? And I can tell you why. Because here in Psalm 79, this psalmist recognizes we sinned, and what we need is atonement for our sins. And and with that admission in Psalm 79, I can see the how long question in the more rhetorical way. And so Psalm 79 does not cause me all the angst that Psalm 74 caused. Though in the end, I, 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 you know, to I'll turn to everyone listening. If you haven't listened to what we said about Psalm seventy-four, even though I had a lot of angst, I think I came out in a good place on that. And it was helpful to me. But Psalm seventy-nine has this difference that it does recognize: we sinned, our fathers sinned. We know that's why we're here. We need you to atone for our sins. And I think about what Daniel prayed in Daniel nine, and I think about what Nehemiah prayed in Nehemiah one. And here, Psalm 79, to me, comes across as that poetic lament, mm-hmm. recognition, and yeah. yet still trying to call on God, because there's, there is also a memory not just of we sinned, 
But God, you've also made some promises about your, how you're going to deal with us. We know, right. we know not only did you promise to destroy us for our sin, but you promised you wouldn't utterly destroy us. You promised you would bring us back. When is that going to happen? And I think we're seeing that here in Psalm 79 also. So when I come to this Psalm, uh, the, the Bible I'm looking at has a, a, a different kind of heading that they put on it. Mm -hmm. They use the word dirge, the New King James that said a dirge and a prayer for Israel destroyed by enemies. Yeah. And I've not seen the heading dirge yeah. yet. And I know when we were talking about different kinds of Psalms, uh, and, uh, but dirge wasn't one of them. Now laments, yeah. I remember that we've talked about laments. Sure. Is this a lament psalm? Uh, well, absolutely. Of course, you know, again, these headings, these pigeonholes are things that we as students of the psalms have noticed similarities and given labels to to help us. Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like God gave a foreword to the psalms and said, now look, some of these are laments and some of these are praises and some of these are communal and some of these are individual and some of them are royal and some of them are messianic and <laughs> yeah. some of them are wisdom and some of them are didactic. Those are those are labels we've put on them to help us formulate and, and process. But yeah, m most people would look at this and see, ah, communal lament. The, communal this this lament. is for the nation to lament the destruction of Jerusalem. And I do like the use of dirge there. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe we should start adopting that one as one of our labels for, <laughs> for these psalms. But dirge seems to me to take it even a step beyond lament. You know, mm -hmm. lamenting is is something that I do when I'm sad. Dirge is something I do when I go to a funeral. Well, that's what I was thinking. Dirge almost automatically brings that communal element to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, a dirge is a kind of, in, in our modern parlance, the, yes. the way it's, I'm not just talking about the Psalms, but a dirge is a kind of lament, but it's a very specific lament. It's somebody has died mm -hmm. and we are in procession yes. to, to remember this death, to mourn it or to celebrate their life or whatever. But the dirge is that kind of, you know, here, here's what we're doing as we're burying someone. And this, I can understand why they would apply that to this because, yeah. because, and we probably, yeah. probably a little bit overboard, joking around a little bit about death and taxes at the beginning. But yeah, this is there's death here, and mm -hmm. Jerusalem has died, and the people of Judah have died, and in very terrible, awful ways. Yes, and yes. so we have that. Now, here's the thing for me: before we run out of time today, I notice at the beginning of Psalm 79, here's what it doesn't say. I, I am really struck by what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, oh God, the nations have come into my homeland. Oh God, they have defiled my place of worship. Oh God, they have laid my hometown in ruins. Oh God, they have given the bodies of my family and to the birds of the heavens for food and the flesh of my friends to the beasts of the earth. It doesn't say that. No. It's, it's not me. It's not I. It's you. That that lesson that we learned in Psalm 77, moving from I, me, to you, God, by Psalm 79, it's all there. It's God, it's, this is it's your people they've killed. Yeah. What, what makes this bad is not that they've killed people, but they've killed your people. Yeah. And, and then when they killed them, they didn't even have the grace to go ahead and bury them properly. You know, they just left them out for the beasts and the birds. And, and, and it's your city, Jerusalem, your, your place of peace, the place where you put your name. This is what they've done. God, this, is, this has been done to you. And there's an understanding from this psalmist that what makes all of this awful and terrible is not the personal hurt and shame, not the 
personal feelings about what's going on, but about all of this was done to God. This is done to God, to his home, to the place where he put his name, to the people that he had called to himself. God, they've done this to you. I think that's really powerful for us to recognize. I think it shows us that in the heart of this psalmist and and hopefully in the heart of the people, that they are coming to a place of brokenness and repentance. Uh, Why is it that God withheld his protecting hand and all of this came in? Well, God is not one who breaks covenant. No. The people had broken covenant. They were not living like uh, they, you know. God is my God, Mm -hmm. and this is his land, and this is his temple. They were taking all of that for granted uh, and violating the covenant over and over again. And, of course, the details of that are recorded in places like Kings and Chronicles. And what comes clear in those places is how often God would send prophets to them and, you know, uh, plead with them to repent and to be restored. And I think about the ministry of Jeremiah and so forth. And, And what do they do? Well, they persecuted the prophets and they killed the prophets. Um, and so all of this brings about a place where God does use a nation in Babylon to bring judgment on the people. And now you have the people saying, oh, wait, we are your people, yeah. and this is your land, and this is your temple, and you know th- that's the heart that they should have kept all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I, I don't want to be, hmm, what's the word I'm thinking here, one-sided, one-dimensional about this. I get it. The psalmist has his own convenience, his own... Um, I don't want to say like leisure and pleasure and, and self-indulgent type thing, but but his own comfort, his own sorrow. I, I know those things are all playing on the psalmist's mind, but but what this psalm demonstrates is I, I know what matters most about this. What matters most about this is your glory, God. And the, the, the how long is no longer how long do I have to put up with this, but for how long are you going to hold our sins against us, yeah. allowing the nations to mock you? Right. When are you going to say, you know what, it's time for my name to be glorified, to demonstrate to the entire world that, you know, the reason this happened is because my people sinned and I needed to discipline them. It didn't happen because I was a weak God. Right. How long until you're finally going to arouse yourself and demonstrate to the world that you really are? God. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I want to bring that into our praying today. As we look at the attacks, as we look at all the things that concern us about w- what the world is doing and how they're treating the church and Christians, when I make that all about my suffering and my sorrow. I'm missing the point. The point here really is, is that people are reviling God. Mm. God, how long are you going to allow that to go on? You are an amazing God. How long until you finally step up and show the world, no, it really does matter who your God is, and 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 he's the right one. Mm-hmm. And and I I think that will help us with our praying. It helps me yeah. with my praying. Yeah. So speaking Appreciate of prayer. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, we're thank you for joining us for Text Talk today. Send us your emails, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, and we will close with the Lord word of prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we might be able to come to a psalm, Father, to uh, appreciate and to come to appreciate that there have been times when your people, your covenant people, have been brought very low. And Father, it, it, it looks bad for them and what they've suffered and the consequences of sin and your judgment and your righteousness. And these are all things to, to observe and to struggle with and, and to make application to our own lives. 
And uh, I pray, Father, we are humbled before this word today. And that we understand, Father, that your name and your glory must be that which is upheld. We pray, Father, that we might be a faithful covenant people to you. Um, that you might uh, help us and thank you for your grace and giving us time to repent and call to repent. We pray that we might learn from the lessons of your people who've gone before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.